right it well all right it's another wonderful episode of patriotic intruders you're welcome to season two episode nine uh so on today's episode we'll be discussing about the future of nigerians in african politics the future of nigerian youth in african politics and joining us on today's episode is mr abdusalam abdulaziz uluadamilari uh the deputy zonal uh director of the north central zone of the lost and lost and association of nigeria and uh, mr ali tony smart an nigerian lawyer and political a- analyst uh you're welcome sir you're welcome. thank you thank you thank you all right um let's start with uh mr uh aziz mr blaziz um echo let's start with you do you believe in youth's participation in nigeria's politics i mean we know of uh the fact that we for a time now we've been having a barrier that sets uh to bar youth from actually contesting in some office uh, positions in the country do you believe in youth's uh, participation in nigerian politics up to this moment well thank you very much uh, mr raymond i believe in youth um, in participation of nigerian youth in politics and also coupled with evidence as actually evidence itself ranging from house of assembly ranging from house of representatives seeing youth get up uh, picking up um, nomination forms of their respective political parties what we just need is just to, to look at um, 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 the track record of the youth getting the ticket. That is, this particular youth, let us go through his personality, let us go through what he has done to have deserved our mandate or to be voted to be voted for in an election. So, um, 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 but, but, they, but then there are some significant positions that has actually been restricted that is, youth might not be opportune to get to such position. We have the president, we have the governor of the state. So I, I feel, I feel, I feel, if this, if this provision of the constitution can actually be looked into, can actually be amended, then in such a way that it could actually pave a way for Nigerian youth in participation of policies. Because when we look at implementation of policy. It is, uh, it is always so ethic for, for a legislature to, um, to implement policies, that is to, to embark on some project. That is in a situation by senators, federal House of Representatives member, House of Assembly member. They are restricted due to, the re- due to the unavailability of resources, that is financial resources, to, to embark on some project. They could only embark on a little little project they can embark on and even looking at looking at the duties the function of a legislator would get to know that their work is not to come and build any infrastructure in their community their work is simplicity to legislate to legislate on our laws to make laws to make laws that that that, 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 that would serve the interest and the purpose of the people, not to embark on any project. So if we are not talking about the participation of youth in politics, which means even if a youth is opportune to get to the National Assembly or the State House of Assembly, there is limitation to what he can do. There is limitation to what he or she can do because there is limitation, there is restriction to uh, um, 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 to availability of financial um, resources. Uh, so, so the only the only position a youth can get to and be more impactful is getting to the uh, to the gubernatorial seat of the state or the presidential seats of our country. So, um, which is for they for them to implement the laws, but to a very reasonable extent. I feel youth participation in Nigerian politics will be more meaningful and be more purposeful, coupled with we seeing many youth in the National Assembly now and in different state houses of assembly. Now, I um, 
let's look at the current situation of things in the country since 1999 we've known that uh the senior citizens uh, have been leading the country and uh truth be told we've not actually seen major development in the country mr smart are you with us sir Yes, I'm with you. I'm listening. I'm All right. Okay, sir. I'm looking at the previous years, previous um uh, dispensation in Nigeria, even before the Fourth Republic of 1999. We've had Kuwon. He was 31 years old when he became the president. We've had Muitala. He was 37. We've had Obasanjo. He was 39. Bari was 41. And Iosi was 42 years. They were all under the category of youths. Looking at their, during their administration, was there development? Do you think that the present, in the present times, the youth can actually live up to the expectations of uh, uh, the 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 notion of um, the future leaders? Do you think that if we actually put the youth there, we actually give them the power, they would actually do better than what the uh, senior citizens have been doing? Well, uh, basically, um, this issue is uh, critical in the sense that um, most of these people we made reference to during their own time, uh, you know, there was accountability, there was transparency. The country had not gone back like where it is at the moment. So everybody was still completely uh, responsible. And, you know, there was this national interest. There was this national identity. But uh, as we are speaking, does Nigeria have any national interest? Are we patriotic enough? Do we have any national dream? Because if you go to the United States of America, they have their national vision, they have their national dream, they have their national uh, interest. Do we have all this in Nigeria? The answer is, is no. So now, if you look at uh, you know the current youth demography, you you will observe that uh, about 80% of, uh, you know, the youth on social media, they are not, you know, exploring it for the purpose of making the country better. So most people, you know, is either they, they use it to run their businesses or they go out there to like, uh, you know, throw people, say all sort of, uh, you know, make defamatory statement say how, uh, you know, say unnecessary things, besides violence against one another, trying to, like, instigate regional crisis. So, and, uh, you know, that actually, that actually made me conclude that our youth are not really ready. Our youth are not ready to be part of the conversation. Our youth are not ready to effect any changes. Because if they were actually interested in effective changes, it would actually start from individual. It has to, if you want to effect any change in the larger, any changes in the larger society, it has to be from the individual, from the family setting, because the family is the microcosm of the larger society. So if uh, an average Nigerian youth would go on Twitter to make defamatory statements, you understand it to incite violence against one another because that is what I see every day. So when, whenever any national issue comes up, any national crisis, is that, is that we tilt it towards, uh, you know, south or the north? You understand? This argument, you understand, is, is always there, it's almost occurring as to, oh, why did uh, Lord Lugar join us together with these people? Why did this happen? You understand me so we are not we are not using our social media for good governance so uh, in relation to the question i would say the youth are not really ready and the youth are not going to make any substantial difference because we could see what is happening at NAS, national association of nigerian students we are currently i mean university students are currently on strike they've not been doing anything about it they've not taken the government to the court They've not, uh, you know, carried out any national protest. They've not done anything. They are just there. All they do is give awards to politicians and make money off of the whole scheme. So the youth are not ready. They are not yet ready. You understand me? To lead the change. They are not yet ready to like take the center stage of governance in the country. So 
to the best of my knowledge, based on our current reality and the available statistics and figures, I would say the youths are not really ready and they are not going to make any difference for now. So I wouldn't know what is going to you know, happen in the future. Maybe we would have been more responsible and more accountable and be more realistic with ourselves. But as we are speaking, no. All right, uh, uh, a quick question though. Are you a politician? Are you registered to any political party? Well, I'm, I'm strictly a political. Uh, you know, I would love to sit on the fence so that I'll be able to like analyze and I will, I will be able to like analyze issue and I will be able to like give accurate judgment of our political realities. I joined the political party and I call myself a political uh, analyst. You understand? There's no how it will not cloud my judgment because of my uh, partisan interest in politics. Is that going to cloud my judgment or affairs? So the best is to stay neutral. So directly and indirectly, I would say categorically. I'm not a politician, I'm strictly a political, and I'm not interested in occupying any political position for now. I can't say future can actually be called, anything can happen, and you understand. So I'm not into partisan politics. Okay, sir. Uh, what about you, Mr. Iko? Are you a politician? Are you registered I'm, under any political party? I'm not a politician. I'm only a political analyst. All right. Uh. And I'm, I'm not a card carrier of any political party. Okay. Uh, Mr. Iko, do you have any candidate for the presidential election, 2023 presidential election? Well, I would always say I don't have a candidate yet. Yet. Because none of them have actually presented their manifesto to the people. Like a convincing manifesto. A convincing manifesto because at the moment, what we have at the moment is still the same, and there are still the same set of people that have, been, that have been ruling the country that have never changed the narration or the dividend of democracy of this country has never been changed by them. We have Atiku Abubakar, the former vice president of the country, we have the former governor of Lagos State, Ashura Jibola. We have the former Senate President, Senator Bukola Saraki. We have many of them, many of them, many of them like that. The question we should ask ourselves is that let's check track records. What have this same set of people, what have they done for the country? Are we even, are we even being driven by their past, uh, by, by their past success? In the, po- in the positions they've occupied? The answer is no. The answer is no. We have the we have the present vice president of the country. If you are saying the the, uh, the vice presidential seat is restricted, but in the very same country, we should have had his resignation by now. Hmm. You can't tell me that you want to count the success of this present administration. You want to count the failure. Of this present administration, without mentioning the vice president, the vice president was a running mate, the president of the country. When President Momodu Buhari contested, Vice President Oshibaju was the was his running mate. Well, over the years, Vice President Oshibaju has actually proven to be one of the best performing attorney general of state we've ever had in the country when it was the age of legal states which actually motivated nigerians many same nigerians to 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 to, to pitch tents to, to them in 2015 and also the cards of integrity also works in 2015 because that actually work for both of them, the vice president and the president, was integrity. So we are sure to know President Mohamed Bari when he was the president during the military era, he did work. And also there was this force of the, oh, the vice president of the pastor of the regime. 
the vice president of Shibaju was the age of Lagos State and it did well. Fine. And also coupled with the fact that, oh, he's intellect. But the question is that in every single country, the vice president should have tendered his resignation by now. The country is the country is at. The, 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 country, the country is pointing at, at at a point of no return at the moment. And we still have this same vice president. Many Nigerians are rooting for as the vice president of the country. When the country is actually facing, the country is actually confronted with a lot of calamities. Insecurities everywhere. To travel by road becomes a very big problem in our country. Even to travel by air. Some days ago, um, Kaduna Airport was attacked. Yes. Travel by train becomes a problem. Kidnapping becomes kidnapping becomes a very lucrative business in our country. And are we now saying Vice President Oshibaji is the best candidate? Well, None of them have actually proven it to us. That is why we always say, let us see their manifesto. Oh. Even though we all know that the, many of them don't attend presidential debates. Many of them don't attend presidential because even it is so hard for many of them to, to speak well, to speak well on social media or, or, or social media for over 30 minutes. Probably among those who have declared their, their intention, probably will probably will be able to mention two or three of them that can that could actually come on air and speak well for over an hour, which is the vice president of Shibaju and probably uh, Senator Bukola Saraki. So the question is, let us see their manifesto. Let us see what they have for Nigerians. Because many of us, many of us, our goal is to see the better. The, the, the betterment of this country. Let the country be returned back to where, when and where we do enjoy the dividend of democracy. When we do enjoy, when we do, when we do enjoy uh, um, um, the dividend of politics. Uh, let us see their manifestos. If we are, if, if we are convinced, then fine. Then I would, I would, I would have my candidates. That would vote for the general election if such candidate is opportune to get uh, uh, to get the ticket of the party or to make it to be the flag bearer of the party. Because we all know that politics is so expensive. Even when you have a good man as your candidate, if that good man do not have the resources, the required resources, and do not play his politics, bro, I doubt if such a man can get the ticket. Um, all right, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, Mr. Smart, let's come to you. Do you have a political? Do you have uh, a candidate for the 2023 general election, presidential election? Uh, well, my my choice my choice is uh, you know party based in the sense that um, you know uh, there are some factors that I consider in my choice of uh, you know presidential candidate. Uh, some of the things I look at, I, I look at their credential, I look at their past records, their, 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 their knowledge of the economy. So, and if you look at it critically well, uh, a whole lot of people are kind of, people like Atiku, Saraki, Sibajo, and the likes, Bene Momodo and the likes. So, if we should rate them, if you should rate them one after the other base on those factors I've stated, uh, you will discover that some people will rank, I mean, some people will actually rank higher than the other. So now, if you are looking at credential uh, from APC, those that are actually showing, uh, you know, interest, uh, you know, in applying in for the office of the president, you will discover that uh, you know it's actually Osibaju. Vice President Osibaju that will carry first uh, in terms of anything you can think of. Uh, if it's credential, uh, we are all aware of his, uh, you know, of his pedigree as a professor of law, as a um, you know former dean, faculty of law, and uh, you know as AG from 1999 to 2007 of Lagos State. 
to to current vice president of Nigeria. And trust me, uh, if you are talking about scorecard, you can ask in the history of Nigeria since independence, the best age of the state we've ever had in the whole country was vice president Osibaju. You can ask senior lawyers out there that were part of uh, the whole team, the whole process and the system, they would actually vouch for him. They will tell you how good he was as, as AD Federation. And another point I'll make reference to was when he was, uh, when uh, I think in 2018, when uh, President Muhammad Buhari went for you know, medical trip abroad, Osimadu was given the active presidential, uh, you know, privilege. And he was able to like make changes. He was able to make changes. He was able to carry out due process. And an example was, uh, you know, he, the, the time he sacked a man, you understand me? So that was actually, that was a, that, that was a litmus test. You understand me? To show that, okay, this man, if we give him the, if we give him the actual power, he's going to make a whole lot of difference. That was the fact that he's digitally studied. Most of these people that have been coming out, you can only point at one that is uh, actually better than Vice President Josibajo when it comes to uh, the issue of, uh, you know, knowledge of technology, knowledge of the economy, knowledge of uh, innovations. So I, I've seen Vice President Josibajo speak at different platforms and I'll be wowed. I'll be like, oh, wow. So why would, if not because something is critically uh, structurally wrong with Nigeria, why would we have someone as knowledgeable as this under uh, someone like uh, President Muhammadu Buhari? That actually shows the kind of person we have in this country. It means the whole system is flawed. So I'm always wowed that, no, this man is too good. Let's give him that, let's give him that, uh, you know, that opportunity to lead from the front as the number one statesman. Trust me, we are going to see a whole lot of difference. I can vouch for him anyway. Then secondly, is, um, you know, the issue of, um, the issue of international relations. We need, we need it. If you are the president of the country, you are not only representing your people at all, you are also the face of the country abroad. So Nigeria, you know, Nigeria is a part and parcel of uh, you know, several international organizations, United Nations, World Economic Forum, ECOWAS, and the rest. So we deem it fit to actually, you know, voting people that are very knowledgeable, people that are well exposed, people that are digitally savvy. So how do they represent our interests at the international that is going to show, you understand me, they carry our image around. The president carries our image around. So the kind of, you know, the kind of president we vote in goes a whole long, a whole, you know, a whole long to show how, you know, how we are as a people, our orientation, our, you know, our thinking, our philosophy. So we've seen several cases, uh, you know, where Gwari appeared at the international community and he was was actually, you know, he was saying all, all sort of incoherent things and we felt really bad unless we are trying to be hypocritical about the whole thing. So we just need to be realistic ourselves. So the kind of president we, we vote in go a very long way in determining how far we go in terms of our policy, in terms of our economy, in terms of, uh, you know, of national development. So we need the right set of people. Then another thing is, um, if I go to PDP, I think I'll support uh, someone like, uh, you know, Peter Obi. Because Peter Obi, if you look at his past record uh, in Anambra State as governor, two-time governor, you see that he performed credibly well. He was able to like, uh, you know, change the face of, of their education sector. And at a, at a point, uh, Anambra State was rented as the best in terms of work performance. So then uh, he left a whole lot of money in, in, in the state post when he was leaving. So that, sh- that actually shows how credible and how responsible and accountable he was as governor. Some governor will leave, some governor would actually leave, um, you know, they will leave the position and they will be, nothing will be there. Nothing will be found in, in the state post. 
So, you know, we need people like that. And in terms of uh, managerial skill, he is he's an expert when it comes to, you know, economy. He has been a manager of a bank for almost 30 years. So that shows he has that knowledge, he has that credential, he has everything it takes. You understand me? To lead the country. Then um, from ADC, I'll support Kinsley Moani. I've already been uploading, uploading his pictures here and there. Why? Go and look at his past record. Former deputy governor of Central Bank, he introduced BVN into, into the banking system. He introduced ATM. Then he was part of the major reform in the banking sector. So he served under Sanusi Lamido Sanusi and he performed ex- excellently well. He's a professor of uh, practice at, a, at an American university and he's doing well. He has spoken at different international platforms. We've seen his uh, thought process, his thought pattern. Um, you know, we, we are able to conclude that, oh, this guy is actually fit. He's good in terms of anything you want to think of. But some people, due to their, you know, short-sightedness, they will keep telling you he doesn't have that political structure. He doesn't, he's not a grassroots politician. Fine, if he is not, why can't we rally around him? We, the youth, we have the demography uh, advantage. We have everything. The population is, is to our advantage. We can rally, you know, we can rally ourselves around a particular candidate and the person would pull him easily. So it's, 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 it's about conviction. So my, 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 all the points I've stated, all the people I'm supporting is principally based on my conviction. You understand? I believe they can do the job because of their credentials, because of their past achievement, because of their scorecard, because of their wide knowledge and extensive knowledge of the economy. So that is it. Uh, all right, uh, uh, let's quickly get on. Speaking of um, Vice President Osibajo, I think a lot of Nigerians shared the opinion of Mr. Iko, um, talking about the fact that he had been serving under the present administration for almost um, this is seventh year right now. And uh, with the current situation of things, things are getting worse instead of better. He had not tendered his resignation. I mean, do you still think that it is worth giving him a chance at the overall office as as the number one man, the number one job in the in the country, despite the fact that he has not even tendered his resignation, or he has not even felt for Nigerians in this situation, or he, he did not, he's not even finding it uh, a problem that uh, the the present administration is making things worse for people. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, to be realistic, you understand. I understand the perspective of people that are calling for his, uh, you know, resignation. He should resign. He should, he should do that. Now, let's address the issue critically first. Under the 1999 Constitution, the vice president has little or no power. The president has almost everything. Almost everything. In fact, the vice president is like a spare tire. Maybe when the president is not around, or maybe when the president is not available, he can go and represent the president at events and some other stops. So there's a limit to what, uh, to what vice president you can do. Honestly, there's a limit to what he can do. We all know the kind of person where he is. Maybe due to his uh, military pedigree, he doesn't listen to advice. He doesn't, he believes he's so dogmatic in nature. I've studied Wari very well. To know him enough, he's dogmatic. He believes his idea is the best. He doesn't listen to advice. He doesn't listen to other people's perspective. He does anything he wants. You understand me? And he also has some people. They time they call them cabal. He has some people that you know that direct him, tell him what to do and everything. So he doesn't listen to brilliant advice. You understand? Because if you look at our current um, national economic management team, you understand me? Yes. You know, it comprises of people with uh, deep, uh, you know, experiences in, uh, in economics and some other stuff. Have we been able to see any meaningful changes? No. Why? Because no matter the no matter the the, the amount or the level of uh, you know recommendations they, they make and they present it to the president, the president will still do what he wants. He has that overriding interest to discard whatever you present before him. Then, secondly. On the issue of um, resignation, do you think it's that easy? You think it's easy? Don't you know that as a vice president, you are in, you are representing the interests of some people? 
we all know Nigeria is a, is a multilingual, is a multicultural setting, multi-religious setting, multicultural setting. We have six geopolitical zones, and uh, you know um, the choice of uh, five president and vice president candidate is strictly based on zoning and all. So if you ask the vice president to resign, so who do you think will step in? The president is from is from the, is from northern Nigeria. The vice president is from southern Nigeria. So if vice president resigns, who do you think constitutional? Who do you think would uh, assume that position? That would be the Senate president. Number three, the Senate president is also from the north. So now tell me, <laughs> tell me, how are you going to feel if the if the country is being run by you know two persons from the same geopolitical zone? So that is exactly what people don't understand. Osiba is not only representing himself at that place, he's representing the larger interest of some people, like his, his geopolitical zone, Southwest, his religion, Christianity, is you understand me, body of, uh, you know, professional association, uh, Nigeria Association, and some other stuff. So he's not, so I don't want people, I don't want us to have a narrow, uh, you know, view of the whole thing. The president is not only there to represent, or the president or vice president is not only there to represent himself. Your family alone, he has a larger interest he's representing. So if he resigns, trust me, we all know what will happen. So it is the same people that will start complaining before or agitating the following day that the country is being run by, uh, you know, two persons from the same zone and all. So honestly, there is a limit to what vice president of you can do. And my last, my, my my last point is this. My last point is this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to avoid that part. You understand me? Where we have to blame it for keeping quiet all the time. There were many times that it disappointed the Nigerian people when he kept quiet. An example was uh, during this NSAS process, protest of the team. He kept quiet all through. He wasn't making any statement. When uh, when uh, this man was removed illegally from office, the uh, former chief justice of Nigeria, Morgan, he kept quiet. When um, DSS people, when they invaded judges' quarters in Abuja, and misbehaved, he kept quiet. You understand me? So I, I, I'm always blaming him for that. You understand me? Silence, uh, you know, his silence has not been going. He's not. He's not golden at all. He needs, you know, he needs to be lending for his Let people actually know your mind. Let people know your mind on affairs. Let people know your position of things. Even though, let it, you know, let it be clear that okay, oh, this is my position. It is the president that is doing another thing, or it is the president that, that doesn't listen to advice or that doesn't listen to me. So that is enough. So what Nigerian? What Nigerians actually want is they want they want that uh, they want that dedication from the side. They want him to show or to actually show that okay, he's actually doing his job, but the president is not allowing him enough. You understand? Yes, so that is my own position of the whole thing. All right. Um, the whole thing. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mister Eko, let's come to you. Uh, moving on. Uh, do you think that there is enough room for youth in Nigerian politics? I mean, in the past, in recent uh, happenings, for example, let's take a look at the uh, Oshun gubernatorial election, uh, the the primaries that the parties had. The People's Democratic Party now, we had two people coming from the Adelike's, party, uh, Adelike's family, a young lad and uh, uh, a senior citizen who is uh, a senator, Senator Ademola Adelike and a young lad who is also from the um, Adeliki party. And people threw their support towards the senior citizen, uh, which uh, some people had uh, uh, mentioned their concerns about him that he's not that uh, capable to run the office. Do you think that the, the there is enough room for youth in the politics? Do you think that the Nigerian political space is uh, would, uh, uh, um, taking youth into the space well in nigerian context uh most especially when it comes to gubernatorial elections there is a limitation there is a limitation of age in the 
constitution. That is wrong. That is one of the restrictions when it comes to gubernatorial. Another restriction is uh, financial reasons. See, we are practicing one of the most expensive politics in the world here in Nigeria. Number one, number one factor a candidate must consider is financial reasons. When you do not have the when you do not have the enough resources to contest in an election, believe me, you go nowhere in Nigeria. You're going nowhere in Nigeria. People now, people now, people now sidelined content of a candidate in an election. People now prioritize money in an election. It is what happened in, in, in Osho State. When it comes to content, in fact, the elite from Osho State will tell you that Senator Ademola Adeleke is zero. Someone, so I was having a few weeks ago, I was having a discussion with someone. Then the person was telling me that you cannot even engage Senator Adeleke, Ademola Adeleke for, for good 20 minutes. It will get delayed entirely. That is why he has been, that is why he has been avoiding, avoiding being coming on air to talk on national issues, to discuss national issues. That he has, he has not been honoring any invite from any um, uh, media outlets. Because he knows, he knows himself that he cannot be engaged for a very long while. So, we just need to change our narratives, even as youth. Because many youth now prioritize money. Many youth now prioritize Many youth not prioritize even popularity. Popularity also works goes a very long way in politics. We now have this settled mind. We now have this settled mind that when a candidate is not popular, definitely in the general election is going away. Forgetting that it is this same, we are this same set of people. We are this same set of people who made those who are popular today to be popular. We are this same set of people who are rooting for them on social media. We are this same set of people who are who, 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 who are rooting out their names to the public, the public hearing. So financial cost is a very it's a very long process in, in politics. When you do not have it, you go nowhere in Nigerian politics. And it has been so saddening that Nigerians, most especially the youth, now prioritize money over every other thing. In fact, it is, it is, now, a, it is now a tradition and custom that when the governor visits your locality, the governor must drop something, must drop money. This is, this is the belief many Nigerians now share. And that is one of those things that has actually been bringing back our democracy in our country. So we we are still the same. It is this the same set of youth that are giving rooms for senior politicians to come in. If 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 a senior man is contesting an election with a youth, it is this same set of youth that would say the youth is not the best option for for the office or for the job. Many, many, many of all these old cargo, they are not on social they are not on Twitter. Many of them only root on Facebook, whereas we've gotten to a world, we've gotten to a world where Twitter now goes a very long way. During the NSAS protest, the movement started on Twitter. Many other movements like that. 
So, so I believe, I believe, I believe, if we can reorientate ourselves on politics, if we can reorientate ourselves on dividend of democracy, if we can reorientate ourselves on how governance should be practiced, then youth would have a more a more elaborate room participation of politics. All right, thank you, sir. Um, Mr. Smart, let's come to you. Uh, as a lawyer, uh, do you believe in age restriction against the senior citizen in Nigerian politics? I mean, we've known of um, restrictions before now, uh, restrictions against youths from contesting in some police positions, especially in the executive arm of government, uh, before the not too young to run bill. Do you think that? we should actually have age restrictions for the senior citizens too because we know that when they get to a certain age they are they are able to start deteriorating they'll start having health issues they would uh having less capacity to run to to actually be active do you think that we should have um age restriction against senior citizens in politics yes there should be age restriction in the sense that we can look at it from many angles. The first is, um, I'm going to make reference to the issue of appointment, especially at the judicial level of the government. Under Section 231 of the 1999 Constitution, which talks about appointment of uh, Supreme Court justices. So they are to retire mandatory at age 70. So what is that talking about? That's simply saying that at 70, you must retire compulsorily because at 70, we have been tired mentally. At 70, we have been tired health-wise. At 70, we have been tired emotionally. At 70, your body mechanism would have been would have become weaker. So, but due to uh, you know the issue of uh, greed and the excessive uh, excessive love for money, for power, for influence, so we are not actually ready to reconcile you know our true self with reality. Now, I'll give you a critical uh, a good example of the of the whole thing. Look at Tinubu now. Tinubu knows within himself that he's weak in terms of anything you can think of. Mentally, physically, he's weak. He looks really old and weak. So, but Tinubu is not ready to accept this truth, this naked truth, simply because of his excessive love for power and influence. When they ask him, oh, uh, Mr. Ahmed Sinubu, you want to become president of Nigeria, uh, why do you want to contest? What was his answer? What was his response? He said, it has been my lifelong ambition. Look at it. He was unable to articulate any you know, reasonable point. He said, it has been my ambitions since when I was young. So which means he doesn't really have the interest of our people in the mind. And there was a story that was being shared online about, I think, four weeks ago. He said he was, he was, he was, I mean, he was, he was in a, he was in, inside the airplane and he went to the toilet more than 20 times to excrete himself. Why? That actually shows that he has issues with his health. So what is preventing him from facing his health squarely? You understand me? There's no big deal. Oh, okay, let me retire. I want to be an elder statesman. Just like the way of St. John is doing. He gives advice, people consult him, he gives political consultation to, you know, younger people that come to him to seek his uh, consent or his advice uh, whether to run for office or not. So what is the big deal if Tinubu does the same thing? But he's not ready to do that. He just wants to acquire this 
power by force. So regardless of whether his uh, you know his uh, his body or his body mechanism is fully comp- competent, you know, to perform such a uh, function or to withstand you know the realities or the expectation of the office. So that is not only applicable to Tinubu, it's applicable to some other people too. People like Atiku. What is Atiku looking for? You've been vice president, you've been uh, you've been a governor before you left to become vice president. So what else do you want? Number two of the whole country. So be, but because of this, this uh you know excessive love for power, they have the money already. They have the wealth already. They have the influence already. They have the, you know, what else do you want? You just want to become president by force. So these are people that should actually sit at home. You know, they should be taking care of their grandchildren, playing with them. So what do you want? Because this office we are are talking about is highly demanding. You'll be here and there representing the country and the international community, attending to issues. You have to be moving every time. You have to be on the move. So if we if we don't vote in agile people, so where where is the country? Where where are we heading for? So we need people that are digitally savvy. We need people that are very fit, mentally, physically, and emotionally. We need people that will rise to occasion. We need people, you understand me, that will always be on the move. So we need people that will give, that will give um, you know good decisions. Good judgment. So, trust me, if there's no restriction, Nigeria will always have problems of, you know, the whole cargoes always coming and coming always to flex, you know, this muscle of, I have money, I can buy the youth population, I can buy the general population, I can do anything with my money, I will achieve anything. Because look at it, what do you think is giving People like Tinubu and Atiku, what do you think is giving them that flex? You understand? It's because of the money. They believe they can spend anything to achieve whatever they want, and they will get it. Why? Because, you know, the larger population of Nigeria still believes in stomach infrastructure. You understand me? So they are ready to take money. They are ready to sell their conscience for, you know, for, for some part of porridge. So until... Until we do something about this uh, age restriction, I don't think the country is going anywhere. We need younger people with very good credentials, with uh, you know IP League credentials, with uh, track records of excellence, habitual excellence. You understand me? So people should be able to compete. You understand me? People should be able to compete. People should, you understand me? You should tell people what you have for us. You should, you should, you should honor national, uh, you know, national debate. You should appear on on TV. You understand me to tell people your policies. What are the policies I'm going to carry out? So these people are not doing any of these things. So we need younger people. We need very smart people. We need people that are technology, uh, you know, they are technologically oriented. People that are digitally savvy. People that are very smart. People that can think fast. People that can rise to you know, to to occasions. So those are the kind of people we need. And trust me, you can only find them among the younger population, not people of uh, 70, 80, 90, as we have it uh, at the moment. Uh, all right. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, let's looking at the present uh, situation of the country. Uh, Mr. Iko, do you believe in the bright future of Nigeria? in the youth you believe that the bright future of nigeria is in the hand of the youth you believe that there is a there is light at the end of the tunnel for nigerians if the youth are in power in two minutes sir of course thank you very much of course i believe i believe i believe but then but then we would not would not get to ask ourselves the question that the youth going there are we sure that this person has a good track record? Has an excellent track record? The Kogi State Governor of today is youth. What has it done for the people of Kogi State? Surprisingly, 
He came out yesterday to declare his intention to run for the office of the president of the country in Abuja. What has he done to have deserved the call of the people to come and serve? Is he the best working governor in Nigeria today? So with the youth, we really need to speak to ourselves. We really need to talk to ourselves. We really need to reorientate ourselves about politics and governance. We need people with content. Because, because the kind of politics we now operate in Nigeria is that Nigerians are being driven with financial implications, financial money, money, money here and there. Nigerian politicians now have the mindset that, oh, you don't need to do anything. Once it is just four or five months to election, come back to your state and just come and share money. People will start liking you and they will vote for you on the day of the election. If the youth, if we could achieve our aim during the entire protest, so why can't we get the right people to office? Why can't we get ourselves to office? Why must it be all about money? How many youth can, if you want to contest for a governor of a state, you cannot spend nothing less than 2.3 billion naira. How many Nigerian youth can afford this? If you want to contest for Senate, you cannot spend nothing less than 500 million. That even depends on how big your, on how big your district is. If you want to contest for Nigerian president, you cannot spend nothing less than 30 billion naira. How many Nigerian youth has 30 billion naira to spend? And they are all spending all this money because that is how we found ourselves. But if at all we find ourselves in this in this kind of political settings, why can't we change the narrative? Why must it be all about money? Nigerian youth were able to achieve the Otoge movement in 2018-2019 election because Nigerians because Quarans retired of Saraki of, of, of Saraki 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 University. So if we can achieve this, why can't we exhaust our energy on national election to bring in people of content, people with charisma, with leadership charisma to Nigerian presidential seat? So we really need to reorientate ourselves. It must not, it must not only be when we are frustrated, it must not only be when we are provoked before those, before the back eggs in government can lose, um, um, could lose their mandates. If they are back, when they are not doing anything, let us flush them out and bring in, and bring in new set of people. I'm very sure the government of today in Kwara State would want to do everything, the, the, would, would want to do everything within their disposal, within their disposal to ensure rightful dividend of democracy. Because they knew, they knew the, the, their predecessors lost their mandate because people were tired of them. So, 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 the future of the of this country, the betterment of this country, still lies in our hands. The betterment of this country still lies in our hands because we own the population. If Nigerian youth that we have on Twitter can get themselves PVC, PVC, not just social media campaign, not just social media articles. If we can come down to our respective polling unit to vote in white leaders, then we can get Nigerian better than we had today. So Nigerians, we really need to reorientate ourselves. We really need to really need to avoid this sentiment of being a political apartheid. Really need to avoid it. Really now need to come to the field and let us play politics. Let us get ourselves in power. Let us push out the old cargoes. Let us get the right people in power. We have Nigerian youth we have, even though we have very, very few at the National Assembly, but we have some. 
we have some inquiry. I can mention about two, three persons at the Federal House of Rep inquiry state. What are they doing in their constituency? You have Honorable Tijani. What is he doing in his constituency? He's a youth. We have Ajulo. What are, what are these people doing? Many of them are just there for nothing. Many of them, many of them are just there to enrich themselves. Looking at the track records of all these people, you you'd get to realize that these people, these people have never done anything reasonable when it comes to governance. Many of them believe getting to the National Assembly, getting to the governorship office, it is just for for themselves and their relatives, just to enrich their cause and develop their companies. So we really need to get things right. Before you vote for people, let us know what you have for us. Let us let us see their track records. We, 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 we should we should, Nigerians should have learned from the past. Uh-huh. By now, we are expected to bring in people of content, people of charisma to power. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Um. Let's bring this um, talk to a concluding. Uh, Mr. Smart, are you with us, sir? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm listening. I'm following your conversation. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, in one minute, you've told us about your uh, your candidates for the 2023 election, and you've told us the uh, amazing reason why you chose them. Uh, but let's look at the fact that, let's look at, uh, come to think of it, if a youth now stands up, and he is uh, capable, and he is uh, financially stable, and he comes out to run for the presidential general election 2023. Will you support him? Will you drop your candidates and support the youth? Well, it's simple. The only thing that would actually make me drop, uh, you know, my candidates, my preferred candidates, for another person or for a youth or for a younger person, you understand me, who has, um, you know, the resources and uh, every other thing to run for the office of the president is bigger conviction. There should be bigger conviction. I should be able to see that, uh, you know, the, the, the younger person has, you know, more credibility than them. He has, uh, you know, better credential than them. He has, uh, you know, better or greater scorecard than them. So, you know, the conviction should be bigger or it should be greater than, you know, than that or those I have for my preferred, uh, you know, candidates. So if the conviction is not there, trust me, I don't think, at least um, there is an adage which says, um, you know, an angel or a Satan that you've always known is much more better than an angel uh, you, you just uh, you know uh, got to know so if um, if the conviction is bigger than you know the one i have for my preferred candidate there's no big deal i can i've always loved it when you know young people you know are taking the center stage of governance i've always loved it but as as we have it at the moment even the young ones that were fortunate enough to, you know, get in elected in 2019. What have they been doing? What difference have they been making? Uh, Mr. Blasis gave, um, he gave, uh, you know, an example. So what have they been doing? This, this uh, young senator at the national, the youngest senator at the national assembly. What has he been doing in Paraba State? So the ones we voted in in 2019 in Kwa State. What have they been doing? The young guys that, that were appointed by Governor Adrazak of Pastate, what effort have they been making? What difference are you know are they made in the scheme of things? So uh, these are the critical questions. What is the difference? So, and I gave an example of NAMS, National Association of Nigeria Students. What is, tell me one impact they've been making in the country. The, our current university students, they are told, 
due to strike action. What has NAS done about it? Are they taking the government to court? Are they trying to like uh, you know be, be diplomatic about the crisis? Are they approached the government to you know to seek or, or, or to wage intervention? So what are they what have they done? They've not been doing anything. All they do is give out a word, dash her word. So we'll keep having this conversation until we get it right, until the youth are ready, until those that are fortunate enough to get into political offices are ready to make changes or are ready to set good examples. Until they are ready to do this, I don't think the Nigerian youths are, you know, are actually prepared for it. I don't think they are prepared. I've already given examples. I've stated, uh, you know, I've stated the reason why I think, uh, you know, this call for okay youth participation. Why I don't, I don't think uh, that is uh, that is what we need for now. What we need for now is to change the orientation of the youth, because it is the same set of youth that would approach these old cargoes to collect money from them. It is this same set of youth that would actually collect money on election day to sell their conscience. It is this same set of youth that will cause violence on election day. It is this same set of youth the old cargoes will use to steer violence during campaigns. The talks are they not youth? Garage touts are they not youth? So until we the youth get it right, until we have the right orientation, until we are able to set very good examples, until we are able to like uh, you know tell the larger society that no, we are ready. We want to make a difference. We want to change the country for better. We want to be very accountable. We want to be responsible. We want to live up to expectation. You understand? Until the youth are ready for this conversation. Trust me, we are going nowhere. We are going nowhere. Even now, um, Ablasif gave an example of uh, what actually transpired in Osu State. So, a youth came out from a delicate family. An old uh, cargo came out as well. At the end of the day, people still supported the old cargo. Why? because of stomach infrastructure. Why? Because the old cargo had the resources. Why? Because he had that grassroots support. Why? Because he had actually bought, you know, the conscience of the youth. You understand? So until we are ready for this conversation, I don't think we can ever get it wrong. Trust me, I know what you said, the question you asked, or the, what you are imagining in your head is basically imaginary. You can only imagine it. It won't happen. Trust me today. I can I can say it. I can say it anywhere. Trust me today. If that imaginary youth comes out today, eh, and he has all the resources and everything, if he comes out and contests against any of these old cargoes, people will see go for the old cargoes. People will see supporting. Because if you go to Twitter, if you have been following the conversation on Twitter, I'm talking of the political Twitter, you say see youth, you say youth, suppose youth whom we believe okay, they are digitally savvy, they are tech-oriented, they are social media compliant, they should have, uh, you know, wider exposure, they should have better exposure and all. You see them, they will still be, you think, some that will still be giving reason why they will vote, uh, you know, for analog people. Hmm. Why they will vote for um, for uh, Atiku? Why they will vote for Tinubu? Hmm. So is it is is it? I mean, is it the kind of uh, is it the kind of people we need in this 21st century? So that is what I'm saying. So we should get the first thing right, which is our orientation must be changed. You understand me? So our orientation must be changed. We need to work on our orientation. Once we are able to get it right, trust me, every other thing would, you know, 
they come so easy. Every other thing you can think of. We don't even need money. I tell people, we don't need money before we can get anyone elected. We can crowdfund money. If we the youth, if we are ready, if we have, uh, you know, we have the right set of orientation and thinking. Trust me, we don't need someone, we don't need a, a, a young man who has all the money of this life to become the president. We don't even need it. All we need is, uh, you know, rally around the person, crowdfund money to buy the nomination form. You understand me? Do campaign for him at the grassroots level, at the local level, at the national level. Do a whole lot of campaign. Then on the election date, on the election day, we all come out in mass. We vote for the person. That is the end. And nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. You understand me? So if that could happen in, in Kwara State, if that could transpire during, uh, you know, uh, NSAS protest, you understand me? So what is the big deal if we take it to the center stage? So, but what we are not ready yet. Uh, we are not ready for this conversation. All right, thank you very much. Uh, uh, I think uh, the clarion call, the, the final conclusion will be a clarion call to the youth to be patriotic towards their duty. Uh, in the coming in coming times uh a big thank you to our guest today uh abdusalam ablaziz uruadam lariko uh the north central deputy zonal director loss loss a student association of nigeria lawson and uh former uh general secretary of lost insight investor of learning uh it's a pleasure having you on board sir thank you thank you and also, um, Mr. Ali Tonismat, uh, Nigerian lawyer, political analyst, and the director of uh, Smart Leadership School, and also the CEO of Prime Forts. Uh, it's an honor having you on uh, the, today's episode. Thank you very much, sir. You are highly welcome. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, Petrotic Intruders is available on uh, all your listening platforms and I am exclusive to YouTube and Anchor. Link will be in the description below. And uh, you can also follow us on uh, all our social media handles at Aremolatubosun on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Until next episode, thank you very much. Uh, yeah.